Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I am one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson, and I am here with master arborist, renowned dendrologist, and funky, funky man, Casey Clapp. It's because I haven't showered yet today, Alex. Uh, Casey, there's no transition that would make this easy, but we have something to tease, you and I, mm-hmm. that we have mm-hmm. a lot of, we have a lot of like big things happening behind the scenes right now. Yeah. I think we say this every week, you know, We're well, just, there's always something happening. There's always something happening. But this time we really mean it. There's it some, a little dramatic is what I'm saying. Okay. Well, I, in a positive way, there's some foundational changes happening to <laughs> completely arbitrary. We won't get into those yet. Those are coming. But the thing I really want to tease yeah. is our, every December we do a theme month. That's true. That's for true. the holidays. And this year, I am very excited because I have bullied you into doing my yeah. idea. I got bruises on my <laughs> cheek, my eye, my heart. We are doing a month that our working title for it is Triyazaki. Yes. This is a month dedicated to the films of Hayao Miyazaki. Hayao Miyazaki. That's right. If you're not familiar... This is the man responsible, one of the men responsible for Studio Ghibli, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the Japanese animation studio famous for Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke. Um, my my pal, my, my pal neighbor, Totoro. My neighbor Totoro, yeah, yep. Totoro. Now, I'm going to look something up, Alex. Keep going. Okay, Casey's Googling. Um, so I, I've wanted to do something with these films for a long time because they are very nature focused. Uh, a lot of them are. Why is Casey laughing about nothing? Over there? A lot of them are are sort of uh, have um, Shinto, Casey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shinto Japanese, yeah. as a theme, which is the Japanese um, indigenous uh, belief, belief system. system. I think religion is a fine term, but also spiritual, they're like, eh, you know, you know. spiritual belief system. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that says everything in nature has a spirit, which I think is very beautiful. So we are doing a whole month about the films of Hayao Miyazaki. Get hyped. We know you want it. <laughs> we heard your calls. Yeah. The reason to be today, Casey, is the Oregon Myrtle. That's right. I said Oregon. Wow. <laughs> Myrtle. Let me clear my voice and say that one more time. <laughs> Oregon Myrtle. The West Coast elite's favorite tree. It, oh, <laughs> well said. Uh, we got so much to talk about the okay. Oregon Myrtle today. Get hyped for Triazaki. It's happening, everyone. But we got to do so after a quick break. We will be right back with Completely Arbitrary. <laughs> Thank you.
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking the Oregon Myrtle. That's right, Alex. Say it again for the people in the back, uh, as they you say mean on Instagram. The people in the South. Eh, nah, I'm not going to actually do that. They can, <laughs> they can have it. It is the Oregon Myrtle Umbellularia Californica. Wow. If you are in other parts of the world, you might call it the California Bay Laurel. I do notice that it has Californica. It, it is. That's actually a curious thing. Somebody made the argument that a would because its scientific name is Californica, mm-hmm. meaning of California, you must call it the California Bay Laurel. Uh-huh. And uh I was like, eh, that doesn't actually make any sense at no, all. No, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah, because we have Western things that grow in our perspective the East. Yeah. From our perspective, this is from California, because that's where the first one was found, maybe, or that's just where they thought they were. Uh, that was when they didn't really have this political boundary separating Oregon and California. So it's kind of like, well, that's, I guess, just, you know, like your perspective, man. That's just your opinion, man. And that is just not, uh, it's, I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that, that, there's not a one for one there, is what well, I'm saying. Well, maybe, Casey, it could be a thing like, you know how, like, um, Cornus, Florida, right? Yes. Doesn't mean it's from Florida. It means the flower. It does, right? yes. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so maybe we could pretend that Californica doesn't mean it's from California. It means, like, something else. I agree. It would mean uh, that it is the umbellularia that grows in the uh, predominantly California floristic province. There you go. Which extends far further <clears throat> than the Oregon-California border. Hey, with globalization, huh? Yeah, Any right? tree can be from anywhere, Honestly, pretty much. you can find this tree growing just happy as a clam up in Seattle, if you really How look How about for that? It. So, hey, why, 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 why put it in a box? Well, Casey, just to upset people, let's imagine that you and I as we do every episode, are in Seattle. <laughs> and we come across some... As we do every episode. Oregon Myrtle. <laughs> upset people. Uh, no, I just like... I, I like... I love the idea is every episode, we're walking through somewhere in Seattle. <laughs> for no good reason. So now a Seattle-based podcast. Yeah. We come across some Oregon Myrtle or California Bay, if you're nasty. Let's ID this tree. Oh, this is... I'm so happy that you, you asked to ID this tree. It's wow. It's such a fun tree to ID. Did you not see it coming? Uh, no, I didn't. Honestly, I thought we were just going to jump right in to wow. the, uh, the bully bull pit we're going to be touching on today. But Interesting. Yeah, let's start here. All right. So, Umbellularia californica is the Oregon myrtle. Now, it should be noted, this tree is neither a myrtle nor a laurel. So, that's where it ends. It is, no, it is not a, a what? It is not a myrtle. Myrtle. And it is not a laurel. Laurel. It is in the laurel family. Ah. Uh. But it is not a laurel in the genus Loris. So you remember a few weeks ago, Alex, we talked about the Canary Island laurel, which was Loris canariensis. I do remember this. 
he says with a furrowed brow. <laughs> and uh, one of the very most common plants that mm-hmm. we cook with is the bay laurel, yeah. the, or sweet bay, which is Loris nobilis. Right. That is a true laurel. Those are true laurels. Yeah. But of course, what is a true laurel is kind of one of those silly things we just happen to say, well, this genus is the type species for what is laurel. If it is not exactly that, then it is not technically a laurel. Here, Here's a way to, to for some of our more um, fantasy-based listeners. Ooh. In, game, in the Song of Ice and Fire. Uh-huh. I always have to correct myself because I want people to know I'm legit and I've read the books. <laughs> well, I've read the first three and a half. What? You uh, haven't got through the rest of them? <laughs> no, I need to I need oh. to go back and reread them. You have your, uh, you have your Lannisters. Yeah. Cer- your Cersei, mm-hmm. your Tywin, mm-hmm. right? Those mm-hmm. are like Lannister named people. Tyrion. Yes. These are people who are in the family. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the almost like in the genre They're or the, the genus. The, the official yes, family. Right. Yeah. And then you have like you know, the Lannister army, which can like come from anywhere. They might come from, you know, like high garden or whatever, Uh but they're wearing the, they're wearing the golden lion Uh, on their chest. Yeah. 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 So they're a part of the Lannister army, but they're not really Lannisters. You're not technically a Lannister. You're in the, you're in the family. Yeah. You're like, you're also maybe one of those side Lannister cousins of the cousins who everyone's like, well, you're a Lannister, but you're not really Lancel. Yeah. Lancel. Poor Lancel. Oh, Lancel. This, is i think a very accurate way to describe it <laughs> let's move on anyway this is the poor <laughs> lancel way too long <laughs> let's talk about the fucking tree all right so i'm bellularia californica yeah one of my favorite names to say by the way just pretty good note. it is a evergreen broadleaf tree nice that grows along the coasts of southern oregon and northern california predominantly but it will in fact go all the way down to southern california you can find this all the way down uh through like San Diego. In How about that? that? Kind of space. Wow. It's not near as uh, large and it doesn't take up as much of the kind of uh, floral range that it does in the north, hmm. um, but you can still find it. It also grows on the interior mountains. So if you go uh, down into California, if you stay on the west side, then you are in like their, their coastal range area. Then there's the big Central Valley. Right. Then on the east side of that Central Valley, where it gets a little bit more moist again, you can find them also. Okay. Now, they are big trees, but not like you'd expect. They get about 80 feet tall. They have wide open crowns that get a little bit kind of, uh, a little bit ratty, I think, over Mm. time. Like, they they don't maintain this, like, oak maple huge big perfect round canopy what you'd expect for a sycamore or yeah. a horse chestnut something like that i see that it's a little hawthorn-esque yeah kind of it's like a big big hawthorn it's like a hawthorn that has has grown up but is still wearing its kid clothes you know <laughs> i think ratty is kind of the perfect descriptor. Yeah. now when they're small they look really handsome they're very gorgeous trees and they can maintain this big globular nah, globular is not the right term globe-like uh canopy Hmm. but they tend to also have multiple stems very rarely are you going to find one that is just a single stem that grows up with this big thing around it like think the sugar maple right Mm -hmm. they don't look like that at all sure they tend to have two or three new straight really gorgeous looking stems that come up and create this kind of multi-stemmed canopy what are some other trees they don't look like at all? Well, they don't really look like a Douglas fir, honestly. Okay. Oh, oh, I, interesting. I would, say, I would say if you imagine yourself um, a mahogany, you'd be way off base. 
And the thing that I want to first point out about this tree yeah. is the bark. The form? Great. Really? It's fine. Whatever. The bark. I love the bark oh of this tree. Oh my gosh. It breaks itself into <clears throat> little plates. And oh, wow. those little plates, uh, they kind of look like... Um, Ooh, I don't know. Like they kind of look a little oaky. They look a little corky, but they do not feel oaky and they do not feel corky. But they end up breaking up into like tiny little square plates, I guess, is the best way to do it. It's like they're, it's ridged horizontally and vertically with yeah. semi-shallow ridges and then these nice straight stems that come up and they kind of arc outwards a little bit. Interesting. And I just think their bark is so nice. It's very uniform from the top to the bottom. It's great. Casey, this is this isn't like um this isn't like a crepe myrtle where it like peels, right? No, it does not peel. Okay, I'm because I'm getting two different Google image search photos here. Oh, really? Of of uh Oregon myrtle and like a crepe myrtle right next to it. I'm like, I don't uh, think yes. those are the same thing. No, no, no. They are in okay. fact a crepe myrtle also is not a myrtle. In fact, I don't know why they're even called that. Wow, and it's, really not like it it's not a crepe. It's not any of these things. It's a bait and switch. What the Jeez, fuck? Yeah, it, it's got flowers that look different. Like the whole thing's a problem. And by switch, I mean a little little thing, a little branch oh, off a yeah, tree. Yeah, I see that you uh whip over some Someone's uh, someone's knuckles when they get the question wrong in yeah. first grade class Over in the na- 1901s. <laughs> a naughty child's hand. How dare you? Give me my switch. Oh, my dad has told me stories about him. his dad telling him to go get a switch. Really? It's like digging your own grave. Like yeah. you got to go get your own form, That's, physical fucking punishment. I cannot believe that. I, stop hitting children. Well, well, I think uh, it's less common yeah, now. Yeah, you know certainly. what? If you do, get your own damn switch. Yeah, you lazy shithead. <laughs> um, <laughs> Casey, yeah, this bark, I man, I love that you love it. I love this bark. It's great. Can Thank I say you. something also, about it? I feel it? like that is like you say. Like, <laughs> I, I love that for you. That's, yeah. that's my that's my go-to. I love that other people enjoy Paul Rudd. I pro- <laughs> um, but uh, I will call it, I, I, I kind of want to call it utility plus. Oh, really? This, this genre of, of bark that's like gray and has like white epiphytic stuff happening on it. Uh-huh. I'm just not crazy about. Really? I kind of lump it with, I, I give it a, I give it that plus. I give it that utility huh. plus. I'm sorry. That's fine. For, if, for a bark to really like stun me blow me away it's got to have something crazy going on i think that's very fair all right well then let me see if i can get you with the second thing which are the flowers the wow we're going straight to flowers straight to flowers here oh my god they look a lot like linden flowers in my opinion they're these little yellow things that have these like creamy Mm. yellow looking petals that are very small with a lot of yellow stamen putting out a lot of pollen I see kind of a lime green effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's somewhere on that like realm between like a creamy yellow lime green kind of uh, mixture all together. I can dig them. But like in a nice way. Like I feel like that also is like a step away from like mucus when you're sick. Totally. It is not that. Okay. It does not look like that. It looks nice. Like a butter yellow. Yes, thank you. Like a butter yellow that has not gone rancid, but you are maybe a little concerned that it might <laughs> um yeah i don't know case the, the flowers aren't stunning me either maybe i'm wow. a, i'm in a bad mood potentially oh i'm not really but all right 
I, I, you know, I, I don't have to think about. I don't this. have to explain my opinions. No, you know what? You can keep it. Then let me move on to the fruit. <laughs> Alex. Impress me. <laughs> I'm going to get you to the fruit. So the 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 reason that it's called umbularia, right. umbellularia, excuse me, is that these flowers are in little umbels at yes. the end of the branches. Wow. And they also pop out kind of in the uh, the the axils of the leaves. And these leaves, I should also say, are alternately arranged. So they have like a flower pod here, flower pop there, flower pop there, that kind of thing. And their fruit is an adorable, like, uh, it's in the laurel family. So it looks an awful lot like an avocado. Yeah. It has this little kind of cap with this ball that hangs underneath it. And that is, I believe, technically a droop in, uh, in fact. Okay. And this little droop is just, just a Adorable. It's like a nice little perfectly round sphere that's getting held on by a little suction cup on top. Yeah, it is very cute. Yeah, and they, they start about uh, a, a greenish color and they end up this kind of dark purple, which I think is really fun because they kind of go from green to brown to dark purple. And they're dark purple... That is when they are fully ripe. And they have this like seed on the inside with this kind of fleshy coating on the outside. Mm. And you can take those and native peoples used to do this all over this area. And they would grow or they would pick them all. They would set them in the sun or roast them a little bit until the outer husk kind of got a little bit dry and kind Uh, of cracked. uh Then you could take that. You could eat that straight away. You'd usually want to eat the bottom half of it. But then the top half was a, it had this, had a, a very, very astringent, it's not the word, but a very intense flavor to it. So they would only eat the bottom half. Really? Yeah. Of the fruit? Of the fruit. Of the <laughs> outer, the outer kind of fleshy bit of yeah, the fruit. Yeah, yeah. And the seed on the inside, they would let that also get kind of uh, nice and dry, roast it, and they would smash it and turn that into a, a, a mealy mush kind of thing. Wow. That they would add tan oak to and other oaks and other bits and parts from other trees. Sure. Flow- like a flower kind of? Uh, yes, exactly. We've, yeah, yeah, we've yeah. talked about like... Um, like uh, indigenous like energy bars before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pemmican is what it's called. Pemmican. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's very similar to this. This is, um, we, they call it a kernel. It's olive like, and they would dry it and do all that kind of thing. And they would also eat it with nuts and clover and seaweed and buckeye meal. How about that? So there's a California buckeye that grows down there. So they would eat them all together, but they would eat it with, uh, with some clover, uh, apparently to prevent bloating which I think is fun. How about that? And they would make it, this is according to the, uh, the USDA uh, plant guide for this. Uh, it, they, they, oh, it's, it's, it's fun because they say <laughs> uh, they would eat, uh, they would roast it to get rid of the pungency, which <laughs> is uh, a bit of an understatement. And it was acrid. That's the name. That's the uh, term I was looking yes. for for that kind of upper half. Yeah. Um, but they, they say they would make it into a coffee like, and, and it was like, they would taste, you can hear in the writing, it would, um, it tastes like coffee. <laughs> and if you're not convinced, then below they say that they, uh, they use that meal. Like if they just kept it, um, pure without having anything else into it, uh-huh. I would smash it up and make it into a beverage that tasted quote, like chocolate. And again, when you put quotes around yeah. like chocolate, it immediately makes me think, that doesn't taste like chocolate, no. does it? No. <laughs> it's got to be a stretch. It's got to be a stretch. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they would use it, and that was this little, this little troop. How about that? Wow. Every, every part of it, too. Every part of it, including, Alex, 
the leaves. Well, Casey, can I can I go can I interrupt this? I'm so th- sorry. That was a great transition. Thank you. Thank you. I got to put my foot in the door. Mark that mark that on the good transitions, <laughs> Louie. Thank you. For the show period. Yeah. One. One. Uh, Casey got it. It's on his side. Um so here's it if you're if you're if our description of the fruit made you curious at all. Oh. But you don't have Google at your disposal at the uh-huh. moment and you want to just envision this thing. Here is an extremely dorky deep cut. Oh, from something that this reminded me of All almost right. instantly. I saw yeah. it and I was like, "Oh my god, that looks just like this." The other thing, there was a '90s uh, a series of of straight to video kids movies uh-huh. in the '90s called We Sing. Oh yeah, and they were music based videos, like We Sing Sally's Birthday Party. We Sing. Uh, uncle's magical musical mansion. Um, there was there was a wee sing called Sillyville. Yeah, I remember this. Do you? Yeah. Was okay. It like a talking tree or something. Yes, there is a talking tree in it. Yeah. There's this one troop of uh, troubadours that sing the song "One Bottle of Pop." Do you know that song? I remember it. Yeah. Yeah, and those characters are wearing these hats that are like. That are like little like like the board game sorry pieces. Yeah, like these little curved like trumpet shaped hats. I know exactly <laughs> this thing. So if you remember that, that's what the fruit of the uh, oh my Oregon god Myrtle In, looks like, including the actual like the head of the person yes. who is singing. I'm sorry, yes. the troubadour. Yeah, thank you. I totally remember this. I used to watch it all the time. <coughs> they were very popular. I wonder where those kids are these days. I believe they were produced in Oregon, Casey. Really? Yeah, because I we at my dentist, my dent, one of my dentist's clients as a child was the boy from the uh, King Cole's party wow. video. Wow. Yeah, and what I was a like, throwback, Alex, celebrity, that right? Is a deep yeah, cut for sure. I don't know why I thought of that, but hey, there you go. I love, I love that. I think, I think we did exactly what you needed to do. Well, thanks. Well. Uh, I don't know how to transition back. So, uh, the leaves. Oh, Alex, I'm so glad you brought it up. Man, I wish we had a good transition. Mark another one. <laughs> now, now Alex gets one. No, the leaves, Alex, are really the, the thing about this tree. Yeah. So this is a tree that has the same effect that you would get by using Vicks Vapor Rub. Wow, okay. So if you break the leaves, and unfortunately, I know you would expect that I'd have some right here next to me. I don't. That's fine. I forgot. It's okay. Thank you, Alex. I don't care. If you go out to your local spot where you have some of these trees, mm-hmm. and you rip the leaves in half, and you smell them, it's like, boom, Ooh. intense Vicks Vapor yeah. Rub-like scent. I can imagine. I think I've done that before. You have. I know we have, because I picked one up. and was like, hey, smell this. And you were like, whoa. And I said, yeah, there's a bay leaf. But it's not the bay leaf, again, that you're thinking of, yeah. that you cook with. It's much stronger. That one's called Sweet Bay because it adds in this little sweet kind of floral taste to yeah. the food. This one's just astringent. It, exactly. It adds a way more intense Vicks Vapor Rubby, like uh, camphor kind of smell to yeah. things. And it was used like that, again, by native peoples for many, many years. They would use it to keep insects out. They would mm. add it as a polstice. Uh, and the uh, Spanish, when they came up on the coast of California, they would follow the lead of the different native peoples. And they would use this with camphor and cinnamon and like put it on someone's head or something in case they were like, they had the chills or they were unresponsive. Sure. So it was definitely used. Used in all these different ways because, like we've talked about a thousand times, 
you have a uh, a plant that has an intense smell, an intense kind of uh, something to it. Yeah, that many people are like that's got to be used for something. Totally, and usually it makes a lot of sense because it's something that the in or that the trees produce to help fight against insects or disease or damage <sighs> of some kind. Isn't that beautiful, Casey? It really is. Like I think about the willow, right? It's yeah. kind of the best example I mm-hmm. think that I can think of right now. Like this, you know, uh, what is it? What was it? Was the acid called? Oh, uh, I'm gonna get this wrong. Salicylic acid. Yes, yes. So yeah, you sh- like chewing on this willow. It's where we get aspirin. Yes, it's, yeah, yeah. Aspirin's the synthesized version of salicylic acid. Yeah. Um, chewing on the willow, you know, and then like the willow. Sal- salicylic. Salicylic. What did yes. I say? Salicidic. Oh. Yes. We, we got called out <clears> then we listened back and we're like, oh yeah, we got that one completely Whoops. wrong. Salicylic. Uh, so, so this, this defense mechanism that the tree has is now humans are using it as a defense mechanism. Yeah, exactly. I just think that's so amazing, Casey. Like when, when humans genuinely and without malice learn from nature. Totally. I, I just, I, I've, I've more and more been so into that. Um, it's very, it's very like enheartening. I'm like, yes, let's do more of that. Let's, let's live that way. This is such a good <clears throat> introduction to what we're going to be talking about, Alex. I, I made so up for the bad, tr- the transition cut you off. You totally did. You really did. <laughs> this is, uh, the, the use of the natural world in a way that is sustainable and, uh, I guess synergistic, you know, both kind of help each other. Mm. It's not that this tree is necessarily gaining from us using its leaves, but we went out and we said, yeah, we should keep this tree around because these leaves and the properties from it are good to have. And we've learned that we can use these things. That's very good. There you go. Very good, Alex. Now, do you know anything about the wood of this tree? Myrtle wood, I've heard of. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, is it big in woodworking? It is um, the biggest in woodworking, I okay. would say. This is a tree that is, if you've, you've been to the coast, here on the Oregon coast. Yeah, oh, Alex, it's great. You should go. <laughs> it's very nice. The Oregon coast is uh, specifically the southern or the central Oregon coast, probably from about Florence south okay. is where you really see a lot of these. But they are the adorable little uh, like kitschy roadside shops that say like Myrtlewood Gifts. And, oh, yeah. Uh, They'll have like a carving of like a bear standing yeah, on its hind legs. Exactly. And you yeah. go in, it's like little <clears throat> driftwood that's been carved and there's all these little things. Yeah. Like, very, very knickknacky, but also like you can get some really big pieces. Yeah. Right? They are all advertising wood, or rather wooden uh, gifts that are made of myrtle wood, okay. which is the tree we're talking about right now. Cool. The wood from this tree is the most popular, or at least one of the most popular woods you mm-hmm. can get in, rather as a domestic wood. There's other woods that you can get from other parts of the world, but as a wood that is domestic to the United States, mm-hmm. it is not only one of the most sought after, it is the most expensive is it really? wood in the U.S. Why? Because it is gorgeous. Oh. And I say gorgeous, and the way that it's been described is you can cut down a tree, you can carve it or mill it into pieces of wood or turn it into a veneer, and you will never find a tree that looks just the same as another tree. I see that they have a lot of like internal patterns going yes, on. Yes, and they get a lot of big burls on them and yeah. things like that. So people make bowls out of them and that kind of thing. I see a Myrtle Wood guitar here. Yeah, there's some beautiful ones that I saw. So there's Myrtle Wood everything, bowls and guitars. If it can be made out of wood, 
people will have probably tried to use myrtle wood for it. And just the same as the leaves and the top half of the fruit and the twigs, the wood has this same kind of smell and scent to it. Really? Yeah. The Vicks so, smell? Exactly. Yeah. This, this camphory kind of, uh, this, this, uh, this smell that just like awakens your, your kind of sinuses and things. So this tree is so sought after that over the last, you know, let's say 100 years or so, all of the commercial-sized wood has been cut down. It's very, very difficult to find a nice saw-log-sized piece of wood mm. that you can then use for a, uh, a piece of lumber of any kind. Like, you wouldn't use it to build, uh, you know, a house, like a studs or something like that. Something smaller, like a guitar or You could a make bowl, a guitar, yes. Table. Exactly. Now, they get pretty big. I think some of the biggest ones are maybe five feet in diameter. Hmm. But remember, I was telling you, they don't tend to grow with one big single stem. They tend to have right. lots of little stems around as well. Yeah. So if you were to cut into it, then you'd actually be getting more, many little stems growing together that are not gigantic, not big enough that you can make a, a timber-sized thing out of it that's less desirable in the woodworking community you yeah. want like a, a bigger palette to work with exactly so you end up getting things like you're talking about these smaller bits okay now this tree also does not grow in a timber fashion we don't grow it it doesn't grow as nice perfectly well lined timber sure so you have to end up getting it wherever you can mm. funny enough one of the most common places is driftwood they find this as driftwood either on the beach or like along the river deltas as they're going in. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of the a lot of the places where people capture it. And legally, can you just go grab some? You know, I don't know actually about <clears throat> okay. that. I never looked into it, but this is what I've heard where a lot of people. I would say maybe you couldn't do it for commercial reasons, but if you go find one, you could take home a little piece and you could carve that. Sure. You know? yeah. I'm not sure what the regulations are. 100. Okay. Okay. Certainly not from a park. Hmm. Okay. Well, Alex, let me ask you this. You're a titan of industry. Wow. Yes? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. I got my I got my uh, my steel corporation. Ah, uh, yes, you're, you're. I got my marble corporation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you have a twirly mustache and a top hat. Uh huh. I've got my Baron's hat. Excellent. <clears throat> Well, I've got my 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 luxury car uh, <laughs> on the train. Yes, you do. Just just in case <laughs> you have to go somewhere, you can always make sure that you have your own personal uh -huh. car. My poker table. Uh huh. Uh huh. <clears throat> well, this is uh, something you'll be familiar with then. Uh, supply and demand. Sure. Ah, yeah. Which says, of course, give me the brandy. <laughs> I'm a sherry man. Oh, yes. yes. It's my wife. Uh, which, of course, means that the higher the demand, the more supply you need. Um, and the lower the supply, the higher the demand. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I clearly know and, uh, what supply and demand is. I, I know it when I see it, you know? Yeah, you know what? You call it out when you... Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. The lower the supply, the higher... Or the higher the... The lower the demand, the lower the supply. Or the higher the supply. Uh, yes. Think about it as a yin and a yang. Yes. The higher the supply, the lower the demand. The yes. lower the supply, the higher the demand. Correct. People like rare things. Exactly. The more rare it is, yes. the more in demand it becomes right. or the higher price you can fetch but for it. But if it's it. everywhere, it's cheaper and nobody wants it. Exactly. Because everyone has it. Right. Precisely. 
So this is a case of that. Now, before we go too far, I want to note this tree is not um, it's not endangered. It's not threatened. We have plenty of them. Mm-hmm. And like they even grow in Portland. If we just go to a place where there's one nearby, you will find it. It grows all over the place. Okay. However, it doesn't grow, like we said, in like a timber waste. We're not producing it in a mass market kind of situation. A commercial yeah. factory farm. Precisely. Okay. So this tree is of very high value. And so people, if they can, they're saying, let's not cut this tree down. We want to save it for future use. Maybe we want this tree to get bigger to fetch a larger price. But also, it doesn't grow in forest situations, so we're not even really thinking about it. Like, it's it's on radars, but as a specialty thing. Hmm. So, what we're really talking about today is the idea of conservation. Hmm. And I want to talk about conservation in a sense that is the environmental sense, but pitted against the idea of preservation. See, I know... Uh, preservation conservation yeah i have no i don't even have an inkling of how these terms differ in definition you are so like not alone in that okay yeah they seem like the same thing they do and they're used interchangeably so often Uh, mistakenly right it mistakenly by some people who don't know the difference and they're just like yeah preservation yeah yeah we we should preserve these trees yeah we should conserve this area right 100 percent but what they don't know is that there are other people who are using it in a very specific way. Ooh, okay. And those very specific ways, in fact, there's a um, an article that we have posted on our website about this in our show notes. Mm. Um, it's called A Great Introduction to Preservation Versus Conservation on our website. The actual name of the article is something completely different. That website is arbitrarypod.com. That is right. You can and you find can, all the show notes. You can go find all those show notes. Click on the show. Uh, sign up for our newsletter. Uh, uh, buy some merch. You do whatever you want there. It's really, <laughs> it's a really, uh, it's an open playground. Look at nice photos of Casey and I so you can see our faces. Exactly. Really nice photos taken by some of our friends. It's really good. That's right. So this, uh, the name of it is Conservation or Preservation, a qualitative study of the conceptual foundations of natural resource management. Blah, what? Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> so this is by Ben. And a. that's just the title. <laughs> <laughs> Funny you say that, Alex. Uh. The introduction to this is so, so lovely to read. Oh, good. Like, it, I, the rest of it is talking about um, a, uh, a forest and how they should manage it in northern Georgia. Hmm. And it's it's a wonderful uh conversation it's a little specific for what we're talking about but that first introduction you would love it like i read through it i'm like this is perfect this is why i in fact specifically wanted to include it in our notes wonderful it's by ben a mintnir and elizabeth a corley okay and they are they give an introduction and basically say what exactly is the difference between these two things and how do people see it Mm. because they've noted there are these two technical definitions but it's used interchangeably potentially and they're really asking this question is it and how much so by the rest of the world or the rather the let's say the muggles who aren't technically uh (laughs) like doing this work yeah can i can i before we get into their definitions yeah can I give sort of my definition of what oh, I think these things are? And then we can, you know, we can see maybe the listeners have a similar quandary. Like I've, I've been using those interchangeably. Oh, yeah. And see how c- close I am. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, let's go. Let's see what you got. So I think that conservation. Okay. If you're cons- conserving something, you're being conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So maybe like conservation is like or sustainable practices, but you're still using the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then preservation, I think maybe is more like, you know, people protecting like old growth forests from being logged, like just protecting the thing, not using it, just stopping the, the destruction or the use of the, of the area, letting it be wild, letting it be natural without human influence. I only have one thing to say. You're perfectly right. <laughs> really? Literally. Oh. Literally, Alex. That is as if you were reading the notes. Wow. And you know I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that, that is literally it. Like, okay. You, you totally hit the nail on the head. Well, I'm sorry if I, if I uh, spoiled the rest of our episode. Yeah. We might as well just go to the game, I guess. <laughs> I got n- no, just kidding, Alex. When do uh, I ever not have more to say? Fair point. <laughs> so it is the, the the idea that you specifically enunciated is the sustainable use by and for people. Yeah. Well, you didn't say specifically for people, but you said so that we can use it. I so implied it was it. it was implied. Yeah, that's conservation. Exactly. It's okay. conservation. We are conserving it. I, I think the best uh, example would say we're going to use less water. We're going to conserve water so that we have water to use later. We're still using the water. Yes. But we're using less of it. Exactly. We're, we're essentially making it a sustainable use. Right. Then preservation is the exact uh, exactly what you said, where you are are preserving something as it is for its own sake Mm. or rather maybe not for its own sake but just not for our use sure and this is also something that we're going to have a discussion on you'll well probably not have time so you'll have to check in on the patreon wow but it is a talk about what are the ethics of that Hmm. specifically preserving something as it is as we see it right now today yeah unchanged sure or perhaps better said, unchanging. Hmm. But everything changes over time. Sure. So anyway, then we don't have time to jump into that. In fact, today, we're only going to have enough time to talk about conservation. Next week, we're going to talk more about the idea of preservation. How fun. A twofer. We got a twofer today. Amazing. And our twofer is going to start back in the progressive era. Wow. Do you remember that... That week or two in U.S. world history when you were just past the 1800s and you started learning about Teddy Roosevelt, the bully bullpit, and preserving and conserving the American landscape? Mm, No. Most people don't. It was so uninteresting. (laughs) It was the age that immediately followed the Gilded Age. Okay. So you think all the the robber barons uh, yeah, of folks yeah. of the world? This late eighteens, early nineteens, yes, precisely. Okay, guild means that everybody. There are a few people that got you know. It's the reason we're in the position we're in today, where there are like a few billionaires and yes. everybody else has almost nothing. Yes. Now, don't <clears throat> get this confused with the gelded age, wow. where we just cut off all of the testicles of everyone. <laughs> this is the gelded age. Gilded age. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so the Gilded Age uh-huh. was a uh, was this era of exactly that. You had rampant industrialization and privatization of everything. There was yeah. no regulation on the world, at <laughs> least the United States. 
funny enough, this kind of process had already happened in places like Europe. Mm. But then during the last vestiges and kind of the industrialization meets colonization, we started getting these just destructions of the land in such a degree that everyone was like, oh my God, Mm. what is happening? And we started getting this... Um, these ideas, these people who were writing books like The Jungle, Upton Sinclair, yes. who's saying, look at how awful this is. Like these giant rich millionaires, which at that point in time was essentially a trillionaire, they were hmm. using uh, all these different labor practices that literally caused people to die days later. But they were making their money, you yeah. know? It's the classic sweatshop, the triangle factory fire if i remember so it's, it was something like that hmm. and so you found like these social uh these social people the social uh I, what is i'm trying to think it would just be social justice today i'm trying okay. to think of a, a good term but they essentially activists they were activists back then uh-huh. yeah and they were saying look at the squalor all these people are living in look at all these forests that are just completely falling away and oil going into the rivers and like everything was just completely awful ahead of their time they were way ahead of the time, which is why they were called the progressives. Uh huh. Okay. Now it's all coming together. World history. It's U.S. history. Now it's all coming together. U.S. history, Alex. Yes. Wow. Okay. So they they it um what what's his name um yes 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 he's Dave, there David John Muir yes or David Muir is the the newscaster oh yeah okay yes you you got John Muir right yeah 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 that's John right. Muir mm-hmm. is that one mm-hmm. of those guys he is. One of those guys. Cool. Now, he is one of those guys, but interestingly, we are not talking about what he does because John Muir, for all the things that he was that was good and bad, is a preservationist. <gasps> this is why everyone loves John Muir. Yeah. <laughs> you just spit. Nobody <laughs> likes a preservationist. That's not how we want to do it. Yes, yeah. so he was a famous... <clears throat> preservationist okay as opposed to gifford pinchot and Ted theodore roosevelt they were conservationists i see so oh really yeah okay and this is you know see, i every, read that biography and I, did, I don't think i even made it to that part of Ted, read, teddy roosevelt i had the, i maybe i still own it i had I this huge I, I got like two quarters half huh. way through this teddy roosevelt wow uh biography it was a beast it's, it would be a beast just like old theodore roosevelt himself incredible life that he, man had oh, wild like you everyone should read up on him he is he is a good president he's a great president i actually really appreciate teddy roosevelt the the politics of the social classes there were still really rough because they were all republicans and they'd started yeah. distancing their way from their previous generation's big win which was the civil war uh, Lincoln was a Republican. Yeah. Republicans used to be 100% on the let's get rid of slavery side. But then they started to kind of back down when it said, well, let's give rights to these people too. And they're like, whoa. Step, um, step I'll, too meet, far. I'll meet you at women. Oh, and that's geez. as far as I can go. So they started distancing themselves from these certain social things, but there are other social things like the squalor of the world that they were very much on board with. So 
to focus in on conservation, yeah. um, this is uh, kind of a, the, the main way that people like think about these two things. And what you'll find a lot of uh, like um, articles kind of saying, where did it all start? It all boils down to a big disagreement between people like John Muir, specifically John Muir, and what he, uh, his group of people, which were the Sierra Club. You may be familiar with them today. I don't know the Sierra Club. Oh, the Sierra Club. It's yeah. a huge conservation preservation group okay. that um, was founded by John Muir, and he basically argued that we need to make national parks everywhere. Wow. John Muir started that discussion. Yeah, he totally did. He was. Hell there, yeah. Other people were certainly involved. I mean, Theodore Roosevelt is uh, what he's the one who made the first national park, which yeah. was Yellowstone. Okay. But then on the other side of that, um, maybe it wasn't him because I thought it was a it was a park in the 1800s. Roosevelt was the president in the 1900s. Um, I feel like I know it wasn't LG, LBJ. Was no, it? that was way later. Okay. It's it's irrelevant. Was it Bill Clinton? I think it was Bill. I think it was Bill Clinton. <laughs> the yeah. three presidents I know. <laughs> LBJ Roosevelt. And well, you know, there's two Roosevelt, so you just get a shoe in for four. Right. Well done. Well done. <laughs> On the other side of this kind of argument was Gifford Pinchot. Now, hmm. Gifford Pinchot is very famous for being the very first leader of the nascent program, the U.S. Forest Service. Ah, what does nascent mean? Nascent means it's new. It's okay. brand, Yeah, it's new fledgling kind of thing. Okay. So the Forest Service was started under uh, Mr. Pinchot. And if you go just north of Portland here, you'll go into the Gifford Pinchot National Forest, which is uh, a big thing that he would have been 100% on board with. All right. So his entire scheme was mm. to take what essentially is European forest management and applying it to the vast forest reserves that we had in the Western United States. Interesting. Now, it specifically needs to be noted that this is European style management of their forests is that specifically german i mean we've talked about yes. germans being kind of the forefathers of forestry german and french yeah. yeah okay so what they were very very good at is managing their forests because they had cut them down and they were like whoa we ran out of <laughs> we ran out of everything but we, these we live off of these things yeah let's hire people to be very specific and intentional with how we're going to grow these trees, how much we're going to take, how we're going to grow them back mm. and create this sustainable forested situation. It's very logical, isn't it? Very logical. Very well done. And it was by necessity. They had to figure this out or else they would just not have any trees anymore. Yeah. Their forests would just disappear and they would lose this spectacular resource. Take that over to the United States where we had uncut forests and we had companies coming through and just demolishing forests like can, nobody's business i can already tell this conversation is going to make me mad <laughs> it very well may. can you see it happening on I, my face yeah like i can feel the, the, the pressure building <laughs> underneath intense so at the time it wasn't it wasn't bad but his entire point is like gifford gifford pinchot yeah his entire point was let's manage these forests in this european way and that said perfectly straight lines with these perfectly square things go through cut the trees and then replant them or let them grow back and then you have this sustainable use over a long period of time he would say the forest reserves are there to be used ah. they are not there to be left alone as parks we're going to go through and we're going to manage them and cut them down and we're going to have this constant flow of resources now he also because he's in europe 
is very much someone who's like, hey, this should go to these small mom and pop mills and forest companies. Hell yeah. So that everyone would come down and be able to just like very nicely and gently get all the stuff that they need. And then you'd have this this nice economy that starts small and then builds mm-hmm. bigger. He kind of uh, fast forward and go read through the Wikipedia page about this. About Gifford? Uh, the politics of the time. Okay. Where there is also these non-progressives who are saying, no, 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 girl, I'm going to go cut all these trees yeah. down. I'm going to make a bunch of money and I'm going to mine everything. I'm going to ba- make a bunch of money and so there's like these political systems and trusts you know this is the, again the 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 trust busting era all those famous you know lines that everyone had with social oh. justice and things yeah I, I th- so it seems like there's a spectrum here on one end of the spectrum are the the like uh capital venturists who are like mm-hmm. let's clear cut every fucking thing Make as much money as possible. Who gives a shit about what happens to nature? Exactly. It's it's the it's the government land, so we don't pay any taxes on it. Yeah. They'll build the roads to get in there. We'll cut all the trees down, and then we're out of there. Licky split. Love it. Uh, that's the character talking, not me. <laughs> um, and then in the middle, you have people like Gifford, Pinchon, Pin- Pinchot, Pinchot, yeah. who are like, yeah, let's cut it, let's cut the trees down, but let's do it responsibly. Let's do it. Uh, 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 replenishably. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, yeah, uh, sustainably. Sustainably. Yeah. Thank and you. It, it, his, his big thing <laughs> is the greatest, uh, the greatest good for the greatest amount of people. The greatest, uh, the greatest use. On the far, I'll say the far left. Oh yes, please. Just for the, the purposes of the conversation, <laughs> you have John Muir, who's yeah. like, no, 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 no. You, you guys are, you guys are so far from what you know, like the whole point of this, which is just to keep everything how it is build around nature. Exactly. Um, it has value in and of itself. Yes. Not just cutting it down and selling it for money. Yeah. But the fact that it exists at all is valuable. Exactly. Wow. I think I like John out of all these people. (laughs) I think I'm going to lean towards John. Gifford, you know, also the forestry service is important, right? Oh my God. Yeah. It was, it was very important, but what's interesting. And there's another book that I want everyone to read. It's called the big burn by, uh, Timothy Egan. Again, it's a burn. Yeah. It's about a huge fire in Montana and Idaho. That's a good title. 1910. Okay. A very good title. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You can also find it on our, uh, on our website, two places, uh, anywhere on our website, or you can go back to the Oregon Myrtle page. If you'd like and that? you can read through it again I, we should note though if you click on that link it's a it's a it's a hot link and it'll take you to a amazon page yeah an amazon. ironically uh named website yes. amazon.com exactly so uh, that'll give us a, a little kickback just so you know buy it wherever you want but definitely check the book out if you have the opportunity there you go so that's our spectrum that's our spectrum Alex. Uh, simplified yep completely arbitrary fied exactly and i think what's reasonable about the way you've kind of phrased it is that you have one one side says use it all as much as we can we're going to make millions of dollars off this then the person in the middle says how about we don't make millions of dollars we just use the resource appropriately for as long as possible for as many people as we can then you have someone on the other side who says this has a completely different different thing entirely yeah there there are a lot of ethics that are happening here Mm -hmm. some on one side of that spectrum is completely unethical but then other people might say that the other side of that spectrum also is 
unethical. Where sure. They're like, we need this. We need these trees. We need this resource to build our houses. We need it to uh, use it for fuel, for things like that. It is certainly a matter of perspective. It really is. So what Gifford Pinchot and what conservationists today, and kind of why we're talking about the Oregon myrtle, is that we are looking at this Oregon myrtle and conservation today, and this is also uh, in that same article I was telling you about, uh, where I said it's very politicized also, mm. is that Republicans are, re- since like 2003, are being like, we are conservationists. Mm. And they're using that term specifically as opposed to preservationists. Sure. Because they want to say that we are all for conserving our natural resources, which means using our natural resources right which is totally great that's that is what we like need to do sometimes yeah but you should not and what a lot of people are arguing is that you should not go so far as to say that is what they are there for yeah those trees are not there for us to be cutting them down so the the conservation ethic right now in the United States is more on line of the Oregon myrtle where, oh, whoa, whoa, let's let's plant these myrtles. Let's let's let them grow to cut them down, to turn them into nice pieces of wood. But we want to do that for as long as possible because A, they're nice trees, but B, this wood product that we get from them is really special. It's really cool. And we just want to keep using them. So we're trying to conserve. In fact, I heard years ago that we weren't even allowed to cut them down for a certain time, but I couldn't find any evidence of that. So I don't know who Mm. told me, but the idea is kind of the same where we want to conserve certain things for the use of people. And that's kind of the really the, the crux of this ethical kind of argument or this this side of this land ethic is the idea of using it, or rather the idea that it's only good to be saved in order to be used. Well, Casey, I'm very excited to learn about preservation. It's going to be a lot of fun. And particularly regarding its its juxtaposition to con, con, conservation. I keep wanting to say conservatism. Uh, yeah. <laughs> don't, do, don't do that. I, I don't, they, are, they are not a, a one for one. I know, I know. Um, yeah, but that'll be next week. We're going to have to wait till next week on that because, Alex, we're running out of time, dang it. I, I hope we talk about some John Muir. I'm going to read some John Muir in the, oh, yeah. in the meantime. We're going to talk about John Muir, and we're going to talk about something that I love so dearly, and it is dams. All right. Yeah. We have to review this tree. We do. It's contractual, but we got to do it after a few commercials. We'll be right back with Completely Arbitrary. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. That was our discussion of concert, conserve. Asian. Conservation, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm overthinking it. Casey, it's time for our review of this tree. Here's how it works. We're going to have some final thoughts on the tree and then give it a rating of 0 to 10. Golden Cones of Honor, Casey. Yes, Alex. As our resident expert. The Oregon Myrtle. I love this tree. I love it for a couple different reasons. So namely, I love to teach people how to identify it. Mm-hmm. I love to be hanging out, having a good time. I mean, like, hey, here you go. Just walking over and then just pop something out of the ground. Everyone's like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, here, smell this. Everyone's like, whoa. That is a good, strong ID characteristic. It's very fun. And it's scent based, which is one of the strongest, like, 
senses associated oh, with yes, memory. Yes, yes, that's totally true. It's totally true. They're beautiful trees. I like their leaves because they're uh, they're very like skinny, very quintessential laurel-like leaves mm-hmm. where they're long and skinny with these little drip tips. They're very smooth. Their edges are entire. Like they're just they're a handsome tree. Again, I love the bark. I love that they are randomly found around everywhere. So if you go down into uh, a state park, a national park, you just mm. go down along the coast, you'll be walking and hanging. You'll be like, oh, whoa, look, look at that funny little mm. thing. And they just kind of come out of nowhere. So I think they're a tree that are not necessarily underplanted because they kind of see themselves in, but they're not invasive in a technical sense because they are kind of native in this area, but they might be expanding their range as we've expanded their range. So I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them, I'm going to think about how much would I, where would I, I'm going to, 7.9. 7.9. It's a little low. I know. I thought it was pretty high. Okay, good. All right. Then I have no more justification. Oh, anyway. 7.9 Golden uh, Cones of Honor uh, for the Oregon Myrtle from Casey Clapp. I do like this tree. I think it's beautiful. All right. That's what I have to say. Okay. What are your thoughts? The Oregon Myrtle by Alex Croson. I love this poem. <laughs> That's how you start every single one, Alex. Um, it, so I am going to approach this tree from the wood angle. Oh. Because I think it is its most pronounced feature. It is. It's kind of wacky, interesting, flowy looking wood. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan. Of the wood? Of the wood. Of the wood? Yeah. Have you... I think it's a little early 2000s looking. Oh my God. It's a little passe. This is a little in sync for you? I think it's a little tacky. I think it's a little... I know Casey's aghast. His jaw literally dropped. I'm stunned. I think it's just a little... And I know we're going to get an email saying, I could show you some tables that you would would totally change your mind. But Nick Offerman built a table of Oregon Myrtle and gave it to Stephen Colbert good live for on Nick, TV. Good for Nick Offerman. What? That's so great that he has different tastes than mine. <laughs> but my tastes dictate that the Oregon Myrtle looks a little tacky. I'm sorry. Wow. It's true. It for me, it's true. true. For me, it's true. That's my opinion. That is my opinion. I have said nothing for or against this, Alex. Oh, yeah. 5.8. 5.8? Yeah. Tragedy. I don't this know. This is tragic. Not feeling inspired by this Could one. Could you not imagine playing a guitar made of my Myrtle wood? I think I do. I, I, Casey, specifically, the photo of the guitar made of Myrtle wood. I was like, I would, I would never be seen with that guitar. I'm oh, sorry. I'm stunned. That's it, you don't need to apologize, Alex. As you know, your owns are your cones. It's a little too like. I think the. I think the person. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna offend someone here, but that's fine. I think the person who buys the Myrtle Wood guitar. It probably like keeps it on display and like doesn't really play it all that often. Oh, and it's like a wow. collector's piece. Like I. I, I, I don't think it's like. It. It doesn't stun me and i i also it's not like a tone wood i don't think so i don't think it's like practical for the, the instrument itself oh i see i think it's like a decoration sort of thing so you don't like this tree because it's just decorative potentially yeah but i also don't like how it looks exactly so which is it's uh, only, yeah. one of its only functions is to uh-huh. be decorative and i don't like the how it looks okay so what use does it have to me right this is very fair 5.8 you 5. said 5.8 yeah stunning i know well I knew, I knew that you would be i knew that you would be upset we're all upset i think everyone's upset that was our review 
of the Oregon Myrtle. We hope you enjoyed it. Tune in next week for part two. Casey, it is time to play a game. Casey, this week we are playing a game that we've tried a couple times. Okay. We have a new version here. Oh. This yes. is the Six Degrees of Wikitredia alternate title, The Sticks de Trees of Wikitredia. Uh, let's, of go with the alter- let's go let's go with the let's go with the let's go with the alternate title. It's like title. five puns in one, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And every single one of them are gold. That's that's value for money, if you ask me. Uh, here's how it works, Casey. I've gone to Wikipedia, excuse uh-huh. me, Wikipedia.com, yeah, org. I have clicked on random article. You and I have six hyperlinks to reach six. a species of tree. Okay. Do I need to get this on my computer? No, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to be sort of, uh, I'm going to be sort of moderating and reading these things. Oh too. yes. Okay. That is okay. 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 What is <clears throat> our random article? Our random article is very interesting. Oh, okay. King Sunny Ade discography. So this is the artist King Sunny Ade, oh, who's a God. Nigerian uh, musician. I have never heard of King Sunny Ade. I have not either. Okay. But this is their. Can we get this, a, can we get a little of the music? That might help. Uh no, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Fine, Alex. I get it. I just want to play the game. Uh, so this is their discography, Casey. Okay. This is the discography of the modern Nigerian world music artist, King Sunny Ade. Oh, world music. I, I got that. Okay. Yes. Um, whose career has spanned for more than 40 years. And guess how many Guess how many recorded uh, like studio albums this guy has? Ooh, for 40 years? Uh-huh. I'm going to say 25. <laughs> uh, quintuplet. 123. What? Yeah. Oh my God. So this a very prolific musician um, spanning back to 1967. So our hyperlinks, hyperlinks available to us here are discography. Okay. Nigerian mm-hmm. world music. Okay. And the artist himself, King Sunny Ade. See, the first thing I want to do is click on the, the, the world music. Okay. But I don't think that's going to be very good. Well, that could bring us to some instruments and then some woods. Uh, yeah. Okay. And but what are we trying to get to? A species of tree. A species of tree. Any tree, yep. A species. So I think it would be either that or Nigerian. Yeah. I think we should try Nigerian. I agree. Okay, let's go to Nigerian. Click one. Nigerian. Or I I should say Nigeria. Uh, Okay, okay. So now we're on the page for Nigeria. Ooh. Um, Officially, the Federal Republic of Nigeria is a country in West Africa. It is situated between the Sahel to the north and the Gulf of Guinea Mm -hmm. to the south. Now, the Sahel is where you get a lot of umbrella thorn. It's the uh, kind of plains area below the Sahara. Casey, should we click on that one? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. Let's go to Sahel. (laughs) <laughs> Go to Sahel. I'm going to take you straight to Sahel. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. I love that region. It's really beautiful. S-A-H-E double hockey sticks. Yeah. <laughs> Single hockey stick. Um, so that's two we've clicked on. All right. Second click Sahel. The Sahel region or Sahelian acacia savanna. Casey, oh, we are on track, my man. Baby, let's get on that savanna. Is a biogeographic region in Africa. It is the transition zone between the more humid Sud- Sudanian savannas yep. to, to its south and the drier Sahara to the north. To the north, uh-huh. rather. Um, it has a hot steppe climate Ooh. and stretches across the southernmost latitudes of North Africa. Those are actually the workouts that I do. Hot steps. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> so here 
We have, uh, you know, we have Africa, which is maybe taking a step backwards in yeah. terms of the game. I think it would be. Uh, transition Zone. Oh. Which is like, you know, that's a... Uh, that's a an ecological zone, right? Yeah, I think it would be. Um, we also have the Sudanian savannas. Ew, I like the Sudanian savannas. Okay, let's go to the Sudanian savannas. That's a little bit more specific. I think we can get there. And I think there there would be more trees there than the Sahara. I think you're right. There's there's <laughs> one tree I know of in the Sahara, and that's it. <laughs> so that was three. And it's hard to find. That's right. We are on the Sudanian savanna. Oh, right. The Sudan region is a broad belt of tropical savanna that runs east and west across the African continent from the Ethiopian highlands in Mm -hmm. the east to the Atlantic Ocean in the west. All right. So weird to have the Atlantic Ocean in the west. Right. Anyway. So here we we have tropics. Yep. We have savanna, but we're already kind of on savanna. Yeah. Um, We have Atlantic Ocean, which probably would be taking a step back also i think you're right we also have bioregion as a as a potential Ooh, and we're at four or three this is our third this, one we just had our third one so this Ooh. will be our fourth a bioregion would be kind of fun because we could get to a very specific tree bioregion yeah but then that also uh the if we talk about um what was the other one savannah sudan, sudan what was it? um we're on sudanian savannah hmm. there's also african continent ethiopian highlands yeah that would almost certainly get us to a tree yeah they very well could couldn't um it? but bioregion might be a little a broad, more broad in a good way let's try that let's okay. try the bioregion that's number four we're on bioregion all right number four bioregion everyone you now if you're Ooh. playing along and you've already got there don't tell us yeah that was this would be a fun game to play along with yeah um Okay, Casey, a bioregion is an ecologically and geographically defined area that is smaller than a biogeographic realm, oh. but larger than an ecoregion or an ecosystem. Honestly, I I don't like this. Yeah, we are we are this isn't this doesn't look great. I think we can do this. Well, I mean also I don't like the idea of a bioregion. Like I get it. We got to categorize everything, but like it's so superficial and like everyone will go smaller and smaller and smaller and be like, well, this is a completely undocumented bioregion or bio thing. And it's like a single rock in the middle of a place. (laughs) I'm like, oh, guys. It's a fascinating bioregion. Exactly. Uh, So, yeah, we're at, we're at, we have ecology basically. Okay. Uh, the worldwide fund for nature. Ooh. Um, ecosystem. Yeah. We also have environmentalist, which now, is like a person. So yeah. See, what I would want to do is like, is like be able to scroll down to find, find like a list of the bio regions. Well, Casey, funny you should ask. We have oh. a, a huge list. Ooh. Okay. Just pick me a forest one. Uh. Okay. Well, we have. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. The Central Andes. <laughs> okay. Okay. The Caribbean. Okay. Okay. Oh, see, I, I think Caribbean might get us there because I believe it, it talks about the fl- flora and the fauna. All right, Alex. I say we just choose one. This will be a number five, right? Oh, Amazon, Amazonia. Ooh, let's go to Amazonia. Okay, we're That's going to Amazon. Be, ooh, that might be rough. This <sighs> is our fifth one. Okay. Oh. So we, have, we have one more. The Amazon biome contains the Amazon rainforest. Exactly. Now, so, if we can scroll down and find a tree that they say is yeah. in the Amazon rainforest, we've done it. Well, let's see, Casey. If I go down to moist forest, we have the Amazon basin contains several large areas of moist forest. Okay. These are the, and then there's a huge list of names of moist forest. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. Casey, there's... I don't know how to say this. Oh, no. It's too big. There's one tree that is hyperlinked in this um, paragraph. What is it? I put uh, I put invisible quotes around tree because it is bamboo. Oh, no. We couldn't possibly, right? We couldn't possibly. No, no, no that, we can't. If we do, then everyone would stop listening. <sighs> so now we have six. It needs to be on the sixth one. I'm going to say that we can land on a sixth. Okay. And we have one more to get to the tree. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, we also have a link to the terra firma forest. Uh, uh, firm ground forest. Yeah. Huh. Bamboo and palm forest. Maybe the terra firma forest would get us there well, because we, it is a literal forest. We're, right now, we're just on the Amazon yeah, biome. Let's, let's, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do okay. It. We're on terra firma forest. Oh, this was a link to later in the page. Oh, well, that doesn't count. No, that does not count. Excellent. Oh, my God. We, we do have a link to high forests. Okay. To tropical moist forests. Okay. To peat swamp forests. Okay. Should we go to peat swamp forests? There's I think also so. jungle. If we, uh, well, no, either one of them would work. Jungle? Well, theoretically, yeah, they're all going to have trees on it, right? Let's go to jungle. See, if we can do this and we can prove, in fact, that everything does have to do with trees, that including is, Nigerian artists. That's right. That is kind of the point of this game. Let's click it. Okay. Number we are, six. We are now on a page for jungle, so we must find a tree here. A jungle is a land covered with dense forest and tangled oh, vegetation. No, it's Usually generic. in tropical climates. <laughs> oh, Alex, we failed horribly. Hold on. We haven't failed. Monsoon forests yes. and mangroves yes. are commonly referred to as jungles of this type. Now, now, they might be talking about a mangle. See, this is what I thought, but when I click on mangrove, here we are. A mangrove is a shrub or tree that grows mainly in the coastal saline or brackish water. Alex, does it have on the right side the species? Because remember, there are many different mangroves. We have the black mangrove. We have the red mangrove. I think there might be a blue mangrove. We didn't do it. We, this is generic mangrove. I don't know if that counts. It doesn't count. No! All right. Nigerian artists are just a little too far away for us. <laughs> They're basically there. I mean, on this page, there's there's a bunch of different species. Okay. That's but we would fair. have to have a seventh click, and that that we can't do that. We can't do that. That would be inappropriate. Well, we tried. We got well, pretty damn close, I, I will really say. feel really good about it, though. At least we got certainly to forests. Yeah. Yeah. This right. just goes to show that I think, uh, okay, if you're really dorky like us, this would be a fun game to play by yeah. yourself. Yeah, exactly. At like 1130 <laughs> and you can't go to there. sleep. I was thinking you were going to say something completely different, okay. which is that this proves that we have a, a reasonable premise for our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I also believe that, Casey. That was the Sticks... The trees of Stichotridia, so to speak. Uh, it is time for our completely arbitrary uh, Q and A. Disgusting, Alex. Casey, this week's question is from Socks. What up, Socks? It's good to see you again. Hi, hi Socks. Socks says hi, Casey and Alex. I work at a board game store. Oh, nice! In Sonoma County, California. Hey, I heard of that. 
We just got news that as part of the construction outside for the sidewalk, they have to tear out the big, beautiful street trees. Casey, they want to replace them with myrtles. With crepe myrtles? I do not like myrtles for many reasons. It's got to be a fucking crepe myrtle. I can email a plant rant if you want. Yes. If I email the city arborist, is there any information or public suggestion available or is it simply up to the powers that be? Thanks. Also, Alex, if you ever need a DM for arbitrary d and I'm available. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Yeah. So yes. what, what is the best, and this, I will, what is the best method of approach for socks? The best method of approach is tie yourself up to that tree. And actually, you know what? We have a newsletter that we're going to be sending out here in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us, uh, get on our list, or if you're not already on it, get on it now. Because there is an art installation that my friend Luke did that's literally on the same exact subject. Wow. Like to a T. About stopping tr- certain trees from being planted? Exactly. Not okay. planted, but removed. Removed. Okay. So the first thing is don't remove that tree. Like, why? what are you doing with the sidewalk that requires that a tree needs to be removed? If the tree is actively causing the problem, yeah. that is one thing. I mean, if, if it's like if it's like tearing up the sidewalk. Yeah, if you can't walk on it and it's like it's not meeting ADA requirements, then that's, that's one thing. I've also seen sidewalks go around trees. Exactly. Like, there are other options. Yeah. And it's more likely that they're just like, well, we got to rebuild the sidewalk. So, well, we got to take down those trees sure. to rebuild the sidewalk. Well, we'll replant the tree. We're, we're cutting one down. We're planting one. What's the difference? This is a classic case of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Exactly. And it's just a classic case of you can't figure out another solution because the easiest solution is just get rid of everything and start clean and fresh again. Yeah. But clean and fresh again is literally killing our entire planet. So this is a situation where if the tree is healthy, big, and there's not a good reason that it needs to be removed in order to rebuild the sidewalk, gently take the broken sidewalk that you're replacing up and then rebuild it Mm. right on top. Try to get an arborist there so you can make sure that you are not completely destroying the tree because it would be just as bad to rebuild the sidewalk in a dumb way and then kill the tree. And now you went through all this effort to save it, but you didn't really put the right effort into it. Now the tree's dead. Now you're just, you know, Uh, you have a dead tree you have to remove anyway. That's also not good. But it's better to retain a big living tree in order for it to provide the benefits that you are receiving currently. Yeah. So Luke's project is there's a living tree and there's a dead tree and they just left the dead tree and they said, whatever, we're just going to remove the sidewalk anyway because we're rebuilding this section of the, the road for this other thing. They don't need to remove the trees. It's just, yeah, put an X through those trees because we got to rebuild the sidewalk. So one of the trees was already dead, and he painted it the colors of a heat map, red to yellow, Hmm. going up the tree. Just took spray paint and spray painted it. Then on the ground below it, he made another heat map where the shade would have been for that tree. But he did it in reds and yellows around the dead tree. And then he did greens around the living tree that they were going to remove right next to it. So next to the tree, it's dark green. As it goes out, it becomes lighter green to yellow. And then as it gets closer to the other tree, it transitions to red down to yellow back to the tree. Okay. So essentially he's saying, look, you have a dead tree that's not providing any shade and this area is hot. You have a tree that is providing lovely shade and it is cool. Mm. You live in Sonoma County. It is a county that has way more hot summers now than it used to have. Maintaining your trees will help keep your shade 
maintaining your trees will help keep shade along your road. It is the benefits that trees provide. It is the, the definition of conservation in this case because you are conserving your trees for your literal health. Yeah. Well, Casey, I can have that opinion. Yes. But if I just keep it to myself and don't speak up, nothing is, is going to happen. Yes. So how do I get the attention of the city to say, hey, we, we not just me or, or just me, yeah. you know, that, that every, every vote counts or whatever. I, we don't want this to happen. Send an email. Email. Send an email. Send okay. them a call. Put a sign on that tree so when people are walking by, they're like, oh, wait, what? Someone's going to cut down this gorgeous tree? And I don't know. Again, we don't know the specifics. This tree might be dead, dying, or dangerous. It might have some issue with the sidewalk where they're like, no, no, no. The tree must go because the sidewalk is important. So ask the questions and see if it's just some random person in the sidewalk department who's like, yeah, we don't want to have to deal with this tree when rebuilding the sidewalk. Easy route, cut down tree. So you're going to be calling the uh, Department of uh, uh, Urban Forestry or whatever? Yeah, whoever, whoever is, if there's a city arborist, give them a call. Okay. If there is uh, whatever project, the you know, uh, the Department of Transportation or Public Works, uh-huh. whoever's redoing the sidewalk, oh. give them a call. Okay. And ask questions and get to the bottom of it. Can you give us a little, can you improvise a little script Casey, I've been, I've been calling my representatives a lot recently. Yeah. One, something I found very helpful was to have somebody posted a script mm, that I yeah, could I read and fill in my name and all that. Gotcha. Can you give a little script? Yeah, I think so. For what you might say, because I would call and be like, uh, uh, I, uh, I like this tree. <laughs> the, what I would say is, hey, I work at the business just next door to where this tree is. This tree is an integral part in getting our customers to come to our business because it provides a little bit of shade, it's beautiful, and it is shown scientifically. There are many studies that show if you have more trees along your streets, more business goes to the adjacent businesses. If this tree is cut down, it's likely we will see a reduction in our business and an increase in our cooling costs because this tree is no longer providing shade on our sidewalk and it's going to radiate onto the building, so on and so forth. This tree is important to us. Have you guys looked into retaining this tree and any other alternatives to rebuild the sidewalk without removing the tree? Perfect. That's the first thing I would say. Then I would talk to the city arborist and say, have you guys got any bit, have you guys got any plan in place to preserve trees where they are, preserve large, old, big trees because they are providing exponentially more benefits than a smaller tree. Have you talked to other bureaus to say, hey, do you realize that planting a tree does not replace an already existing tree? Mm. On paper, a dot for a dot makes sense, but this is not a dot for a dot. This is a big tree that's already established that is doing good work versus a tiny little tree that will never ever get as big as the one that's existing there today and is probably going to die before I even got the chance anyway. Second, why are you planting a teeny tiny dumb tree where you're at? I'm sorry. Am I yelling at you guys now? <laughs> sorry. This don't, is where they don't say, uh, uh, I think you have the wrong number. <laughs> yeah. You called the urban forestry department in like Sonoma, <laughs> Arizona or something. Uh, yes. So you, uh, call, you called the, <laughs> uh, so uh, <clears throat> basically just ask the questions and say, what do you guys have in place? Why are you letting this happen? Yeah. Have you done any work to look at other alternatives? Also, 
can can you remind me of the emergency that we're in right now and how you are or how cutting down this tree and rebuilding a sidewalk and planting a smaller dumber tree is in mm. any way getting us towards uh, a solution to the emergency that we're in finally can we plant any other tree if something comes down to the point where no this has to happen this and that blah 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 ask for literally any other tree than the world's tiniest crepe myrtle if that is in fact what it is which i would i would right now bet a whole ten dollar bill on that hmm. i'll take that bet all right just in let case. us know socks just in, <laughs> just, just in case i take every bet just in case thank you socks for your question and good luck out there we wish you luck in your journey uh if you've got a question for us join on the patreon patreon.com slash arbitrary pod at the three dollar tier you unlock the q's and a's the questions and answers the quercus and alders you could possibly get an epi- uh, a question on the episode here, or if we don't choose your question, we'll answer it in a patron-exclusive big-ass Q&A episode. Uh, there's plenty of other tiers there, too. If you want to support this show, if you get to the end of your month and think, you know what? Casey and Alex have given me five, ten dollars of information and edu- edu- edutainment, edutainment. <laughs> this month. Think about supporting the podcast. Every little bit helps, and uh, it all goes back into ultimately making this show mm-hmm. possible. Yeah, you know what, Alex? No one has ever uh, said, you know what, actually, I have listened to you, but you guys have cost me a lot of money, actually. <laughs> I've taken I've taken your uh, your ideas and all this I bad advice. thrown in prison for tying myself to a tree. <laughs> so here's the, where's the bail at? The, the crown jewel of the Patreon, of course, is our Cone of the Month Club. Every month, we send you a sticker of a conifer cone illustrated by an independent artist a different species every month and they all come with an info card you can collect them all just like pokemon casey clap until next week alex that's right this was our conservatism nope conservation yes next week we're talking preservation it's precisely it with special guest the ghost of john muir i'm so excited to talk to him <laughs> have can a we, yeah can we get a can we get a ouija board in here yeah we sure can yeah yeah we sure can <laughs> i bet you he'd be so angry right now like i he would be oh about the state of the world right yeah for sure yeah i mean i don't th- i think he would have uh, if he didn't die what well, i think he died in 1946 mm-hmm. if he didn't die then then he probably Probably would have just shot himself into space in the 80s and 70s. Wow. Pretty positive. You know what? I'm glad he died. John Muir, he avoided all the pain of (laughs) seeing the Redwoods being destroyed, Casey. Oh, God. It's true. And the show. (laughs) Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Completely Arbitrary. Hey, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. 